Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive version of yourself. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to grab my top five productivity secrets, tips, strategies, whatever word you want to use to describe it, absolutely free by going to my website, Mr productivity.com m-i-s-t-e-r mr productivity.com get your free copy of my top five productivity tips on the show today ceo and co-founder of consulting success michael zapersky we are going to be talking about how do you handle email and we're going to talk about the importance of personal development, and so much more. An absolute delightful conversation. Let's get to it. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, great to be with you. Yeah, it's uh, interesting times we're living in here in to, uh, June of 2020. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We were talking before we started recording. You booked this interview back in January, January 2nd, to be exact. And who knew <laughs> where would we be on June the 9th as you're on the show today? And I really appreciate you being on the show. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. But before we get started, why don't you take about 20 seconds or so, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Sure. So I've been uh, building consulting businesses for the last 20 years, and uh, 11 of those have been working with other consultants around the world in multiple different industries, uh, helping them to really optimize their own consulting businesses. Uh, and so that's what I do all day, every day. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So clarify for us, what is the difference? Because I hear consultant, I hear trainer, I hear business mentor, I hear coach. So tell us how consultants are different just so the listener understands and we're all on the same page. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, what our definition of, uh, of a consultant is in terms of who, who we work with, because you're right. These days, more than ever, uh, the term consultant is, is thrown around. So we work with, uh, consultants who serve organizations. Uh, and that might be a nonprofit. It might be a for profit. It might be a funded startup or it might be a multi billion dollar organization. Uh, but at the end of the day, our clients are those working with organizations to help them to solve tough problems, tell them to see better. Uh, performance, uh, improve sales, uh, higher team morale, uh, really all different industries all around the world, but they're working with an organization. So let me ask you this, with the current environment in terms of business, you know, most people don't go to another company anymore. Are you, were you virtual before COVID-19 hit or did you transition to being so once it, the, the pandemic hit? I've been, you know, almost 100% virtual now for um, for many years. So, uh, you know, wasn't expecting this. I think as as most of us weren't, but we were uh, fortunate to be well prepared. And even for many of our clients, um, you know, many of them don't work directly or are on site with their clients. Their their clients are also all around the world or or all across the country. So the reason why I was going with that question is because a lot of people are working from home now. And what I've been dealing with a lot of my clients is they're not used to working from home with maybe a spouse and some kids and the dog and the cat and, you know, the mailman and all this, all these distractions. So how do you personally make sure now? Well, let me ask you this question. Do you have other human beings in your house when you're working? 
Uh, so I'm actually at the, our office, which okay. is about a 12 to 15 minute walk from my house. Okay. Uh, and my answer and my setup today, you know, would have, if we were talking five years ago or so, would have been very different because for most of the last, um, you know, two decades, I've worked from home. And whether that was uh, even when I was building a business in Japan and running our branch office over there, a lot of the work that I did was actually from a home office. Uh, but uh, with with two young ones in the house, and especially my my oldest daughter who thinks she's an opera singer um, in a positive <laughs> way, but she just you know she's always loud. Um, it would be for me very challenging to to work from home. So I'm fortunate that I'm able to come to the space and even kind of in the height of everything that was going on with COVID, um, to have a place where it was just me in a safe environment and uh, you know it was kind of business as as usual. But I I understand and I empathize with people out there who you know and for many of our clients. They've never had to do that before. They've never had to be kind of at home with their kids or with their animals or with their spouse. And so that does provide a lot of challenges. Um, but, you know, we all just need to uh, collectively kind of put our heads down and, uh, and work through it as best as possible. Absolutely. So you work in an office by yourself. So when you take that walk, you're actually going into your work mode and you don't have to worry about people like children and your spouse interrupting you because you are kind of like isolated in your office. Am I hearing you correctly? That's right. I mean, there's there's five of us on our team here at Consulting Success, but we are we're all virtual, and so um, you know when things are quote unquote normal, uh, we'll typically do a, a team meeting in the office space here uh, once a week or so, sometimes more often. But uh, but travel uh, until now, you know, until recently, has been a very big part of of my life, and so uh, I've spent months at a time with my my kids and my wife. Uh, in different places in the world working. And so most of us in terms of at our company uh, have that ability to to work from anywhere kind of at, you know, at any time. So how do you make sure you stay on task throughout your day? Because you obviously have a family, you have a life outside of work, and I'm sure you have international clients. So your work hours may not be eight to five, maybe they are Monday through Friday. So how do you make sure that you are actually getting things done throughout your day? Yeah, so it starts with the day before. Uh, before I leave the office, I, I will plan out um, on both online Google Calendar as well as uh, in a notebook uh, what my uh, tasks are or what kind of the key activities and initiatives are for the next day. And I'll prioritize them based on what's going to have the biggest impact. And so that's uh, been very important for me. And I suggest it to, to clients as well because it allows, when, as soon as I you know come into the office or wherever I am, that I already know what I need to do. I don't need to spend time thinking and, you know, considering what should I do today and what, you know, what's the next priority. That That's a waste of time. So I, I get that done the day before. So when I come in, I can just really hit the ground running, make great progress. And especially starting with uh, the, you know, the priority item that will really move things forward so that as the day moves on and things get busy, um, even if I get pulled into different directions or, you know, end up kind of somewhere I didn't expect I would be, uh, I've gotten the big things done at the start of the day. And that is so important for the listener to hear because every time I talk to a successful person, they always say the same thing. They always tell their time where to go instead of wondering where it went. And you do that by sitting down either at the end of your day or at the very latest at the beginning of your day and say, what do I want to accomplish today? Sadly, I see a lot of people have no clue. They just go, well, I don't know. I'm just going to show up. Well, there's a reason why people who are successful are successful because they don't operate in reactive mode. They operate in proactive mode and they really want to be intentional with everything they do. And if no one get anyone gets anything out of this episode is this, make sure you're hearing what Michael's saying, make sure you're really 
being intentional how you're spending your time. Because if you don't, I promise you, you'll be going down some rabbit holes. Uh, in other words, uh, social media, video games, the news. And then you'll get at the end of the day and you're like, wow, I didn't accomplish anything because you didn't have a purpose for the day. And Mark, if I could, one thing just to add to this, um, you know, that probably the, the, the worst kind of villain uh, for, for all uh, entrepreneurs, consultants, business owners is email. Right. It's very common to start your day. And the first thing that you do, even before you've probably left your bed, is to look at your email. Mm-hmm. And that's really the worst thing that you can do. And l- listen, um, I find at times I still do that, even though I try not to. Uh, but it's very easy to come into whether it's the office or whatever your work environment is and to you know boot up your computer or look at your phone. And, and the first thing you do is you go to email because there's this you know, limiting belief. And I, and I would say a false belief that many people have that is, oh, I need to go to my email because I, I have to respond. I have to make sure that if a client emailed me or a big opportunity came in that I can act on it very quickly. Uh, but that is actually very reactive. Uh, and it's the worst way that you can start your day because if you are doing that, you've probably found that you'll look up after starting that process and it might be, you know, half an hour or in many cases, an hour or two hours of the day is now gone. You haven't really accomplished anything except to respond to a few emails that could have been responded to at you know a later time. Um, and that start of the day is really when, when you can make the most things happen when typically the day is most quiet. Um, and again, you know, as the day gets away on us, uh, it's very easy to push the priority items, the things that are typically the hardest to do or that we have some hesitation around, but ultimately will have the biggest impact on our business. And so by starting the day with those big items and not getting sucked into your email, I'm not saying that you don't have to look at it. You can look at it just for any, you know, burning fires, but as much as possible, try not to look at it because most likely there aren't any fires. There's nothing that, you know, no one's going to, uh, I would hope pass away if you don't look at your email for an hour or two hours, allow your, yourself to really push the most meaningful work forward first, and then you can look at your email. I have two thoughts, which you just said, because I agree 100% with what you said. Number one, nobody is, is that important. And we, we like to think we're more important than we are. It can truly wait. I mean, if you are landing a plane in the war zone or you're doing brain surgery, you're not going to be on email anyway. So we're not that important. We just need to step back and realize it can wait 30 minutes, 45 minutes. The other thing is I have heard email inboxes described as this is where people dump the stuff up from their plate onto your plate, and then they go back. And they go work on their stuff and they wait for an answer from you. So what you need to do is be very protective of your email inbox. I see people who think it's funny. They have like uh, five digit unread emails. And I'm like, to me, that that causes me heart palpitations. I don't like mm-hmm. those. You know, wh- sure. why do you have that many emails unread? I mean, why why is your email inbox that out of control? And the thing is, you didn't get it. It didn't get out of control overnight and you can't fix it overnight. It's a, it's and then some people told me, well, I just I just select all an archive or select all and delete. I said, that's not, that's not curing the behavior because the emails are going to keep coming. And I, I encourage people to not only not live an email, but be very careful of signing up for email newsletters just to get a coupon, to get a white paper that no one ever reads uh, for whatever lead magnets out there. Be very careful with your email because if you get a lot of email, well, you may miss a critical client email. Because you can't see it amongst all this stuff. And so I really want people to hear your words of warning. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I've observed with everything going on in the world right now, especially, uh, is, you know, shifting of perspective. Um, you know, so many people, so many of us were just kind of focused in, in, in our daily routines, doing things as always. And now with all the challenges going on in the world, and these are important challenges and important times because they do provide perspective. We need to really, and I hope that, this is an opportunity for, for everyone to look at what really matters. 
Um, and I would say that probably, you know, our emails don't really matter that much, right? It's the connections with people that we love and that we care about. Uh, it's, you know, being kind in our interactions with, with others. Um, all these things that before maybe we wouldn't have not really thought about actively. Uh, now's a great, you know, way to, time to be thinking about them. And really the reason I'm sharing this is because, uh, you know, if you, if we went back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, people weren't spending this amount of time on email because it didn't exist yet. Right. People got things done. And I've talked to a lot of very successful entrepreneurs and consultants and business owners who either don't even have email or just because they have email does, you know, just because you have email doesn't mean that you have to respond as soon as there's a new email in there, right? Yes. Um, that is, that is not your obligation. Your obligation is to take care of those that you love and that you care for, you know, your family, your clients, so forth. But just because you receive an email doesn't mean that you have to respond to it instantly. It doesn't actually even mean you have to respond to it ever. That's, it's your choice. And so really the prioritization and getting very clear as to what really matters and what's really going to move things forward, I find to be incredibly helpful. One of the features I use, I use G Suite for my email. And one of the features I like there is they have a send later. So if I happen to receive an email, when I am scheduled to be an email, I will not like reply right away. I will send an hour later. I don't want people to think, wow, I just sent Mark an email. He replied right away. So I'm going to reply back to them because I don't want to set that precedent. I think it's very dangerous to set the precedent. I'm going to respond to you immediately because that tells people that you're at their beck and call. And I don't want that to happen. Have you ever sent a mail uh, email delayed by an hour or so? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's times where, for example, on, on the weekend, I might see something come in. Uh, and I'm, you know, my, my mindset is that uh, I'd rather sometimes take care of something than than leave it. So I'll give you a bit more uh, clear example. Let's say I'm on a holiday, um, you know, quote unquote holiday in a, in a different place, wh- wherever I'm in the world with my family. Well, just because I'm there, right, doesn't necessarily mean that, that I shouldn't jump on a call. And so the way that my mind works is rather than, you know, thinking for the rest of the day about a specific situation, if I can handle something and just get it done quickly so I can free myself up to be fully focused on my family or on whatever we're doing, then I'd prefer to spend that five or 10 or 15 minutes to get that done. So then I'm clear for the rest of the day. But you're right. If it's, let's say a weekend, uh, then I typically won't hit send right away because I, I don't think that my clients should be necessarily, you know, having to think or, or respond or, or read to things during that time. So I might set it so that first thing Monday morning, that email goes out. However, I have a little bit of a different viewpoint on some of this, which is at times, especially when I'm working very closely with clients, uh, if something is timely, I will try and respond as quickly as possible. But I, I do, I do really um, get what you're saying, and I agree with with you know a lot of it that uh, we do train people. And so if you are responding as soon as you get you know receive an email, you're essentially training whoever it is that you're corresponding with that that's what they should expect from you. And then all of a sudden, if you decide that you're not going to do that, there's a little bit of a surprise there. But again. We're just talking about email people, right? There's something called the phone. Um, And if something's very important, just pick it up and use it. Yeah, I I tell people that if my house is on fire, don't email me. Come bang on my door, okay? So I always, what I try to train my clients, if you really need to get a hold of me, send me a text message or a WhatsApp message because I'm going to reply to those much faster than email. I really try to stay out of email as much as I can because it can be a a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Another thing I I suggest I get people to do is set up an autoresponder also known as a vacation reply, 
But when you set that up, don't set the expectation that you are going to reply to their email like you just alluded to. Someone gave me this advice, another guest, several episodes ago. And what happens is you get the auto reply, hey, thanks for that. Thanks for your email. I'll respond to you within 72 hours. Well, maybe A, it doesn't require a reply, or maybe number two, you don't want to reply to them, or you want to take a week because you have to do some research. So now mine says, hey, Thanks for email. I've received it. And then it just doesn't say anything about it doesn't set any expectations. It may say, Hey, uh, if you'd like to be more productive, here's some uh, podcasts you might want to listen to. So I'm serving them on the reply, but I never set the expectation that I'm going to reply for the exact reason you just mentioned, because it may not warrant it. And now I set the expectation and now I have to fulfill the obligation. Yeah, I'll give uh, all your listeners here um, another example from one of our clients and a friend named Adam uh, at his company uh, when he's on holidays and he takes he travels quite a bit. Uh, he has an autoresponder uh, kind of reply that goes to people when uh, when he's away. But in that message, it says, you know, I'm away. I'm traveling from this, this date to this date. If it's, you know, and, and here's my team's uh, other team members uh, emails, you know, you can get in touch with them. If it is an absolute uh, you know, emergency, or if you do definitely need to reach me, you can send an email to this email address. But the email address that he uses is a very specific one just for when he's away. And the actual email address is something along the lines of kind of paraphrasing here. It's like, um, this is uh, an emergency email that must be read or, uh, you know, and, um, and it's okay to bother me on my vacation, you know, at their company name.com. So essentially he's putting a <laughs> word in the email so that if someone's going to type it, like they're really going to have to actively think, is this so important that I want to bother this person, you know, while, while they're traveling. And he said, it's cut down the kinds of, you know, emails and interactions from people. As you said, it's, it's not things that are necessarily timely or that important. Uh, so just a little tip there for everyone. You kind of have some fun with it, uh, but also make it quite effective. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So you're very diligent, it sounds like, with your email. I think everyone needs to. Do you remember when email first came out? Do you remember um, it was text-based? I remember it was, there was no HTML. It was only text-based. And I remember, I still remember to my to this day, I still remember my very first email address. I went to the Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester, New York, and we had to have an email address for our classes. And and I still remember. It's so bizarre. I still remember the email address, which you can't even use anyways. But it, do you remember your first email address? Uh, not from those days. I remember my first Hotmail address. Oh, which, Hotmail. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this, this, this is how kind of how far back I go, I guess. My wife and I, when we were first corresponding, um, she lived in Japan and uh, I was in, in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, you know, we start off sending letters to each other in the mail. Oh my goodness. Uh, and then, and then I remember when MSN messenger chat, yes. you know, that kind of application came out <laughs> and we moved from kind of graduated from sending letters in the mail to each other, uh, to, to chatting through this app. And then the world changed when all of a sudden you could make a phone call <laughs> through MSN messenger. Yep. Um, and we could actually hear each other's voices. And then the next phase, right. was really when Skype came out and we could see each other. So that's kind of the progression that, that we've wow. gone through here. Wow. Letters. I remember when I was a kid, you used to send pen pals and it took forever because you put it in your mailbox and the mailman would come and it would take, oh my goodness, weeks to get a reply. Now, if we send someone a text message and we don't hear from them in like five minutes, we're like, what's taking you so long? We have just become such an impatient society these days. I agree. And, and here's, and this, I know this is a business related podcast. So for all of you out there that, that want to try something a little bit different, if you haven't recently, um, you know, direct mail, sending letters, things that actually you can hold and touch yes. work and they work exceptionally well because most people aren't doing them, right? Most people, 
go for the, the easiest, fastest, you know, most kind of instant solution, which is the email or the text message or the LinkedIn message or whatever, all fine. But if you want to stand out, right, think about how you can actually do something different, how you can deliver an experience or, or, or uh, something of value to your ideal clients, to those that you, you serve or want to help, uh, because it really will stand out and that'll make a greater impact for you. Yeah, because a lot of people don't get mail anymore. Like all my bills come via email. So I maybe three or four pieces of mail a week because I right. I put, uh, you know, I, I don't subscribe to all those calendars and or those uh, catalogs and stuff like that. But you're right. If you want to stand out, do stuff that other people aren't doing. It's so easy to send a bulk email. That's easy. Anybody could do that. Anybody could post a Facebook message or a Twitter message. But if you take the time to write a handwritten note, Mm-hmm. That puts you outside the scope of normalcy. But the thing is that I've been struggling with my clients is like we get this, you know, all my coaching clients are all online. And if I ask them for their address, they're like, why do you want to know that? Now, if they sign up for me, then I get all their information. But if they're just like they want to inquire on stuff, I if I ask them the information, they're like, why do you need my know my address? I just want to call you about your coaching. And so there is that little dynamic and a lot of people don't have their information online. So that's the one thing I don't like about that. I do prefer sending print messages for the exact reason you just said, because it's so rare these days. Yeah. So talk to us about your phone. Uh, how do you approach productivity in your phone? I mean, I'm sure you sound like a man that doesn't have every notification binging and bonging and swishing on your phone all day long. No, I have uh, They're all turned off, actually. Um, Interesting. I don't have. I don't use any notifications. I mean, my phone will sometimes buzz, um, but yeah, there's no notifications when someone sends me a text message or whatever. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that they've sent it to me until I look at my phone, which uh, most often is you know like a few times throughout the day. But it's it's not where my main desk is. I'm right now at my standing desk. I have a there's a sitting kind of uh, desk as well, but the phone is usually off on the other side of the office because um, when it rings, I'll go to it, but uh, most often I'm talking to clients and, um, you know, we're doing that through Zoom uh, or through Skype in some cases. But these days it's just a lot of Zoom calls. Yeah, it's very interesting because I did a poll not too long ago on LinkedIn and I asked people, are you part of the no notification movement? And almost everybody, I think like 98% of the people said no. Now, I'm a fan that you sh- everyone should do a notification cleanse. People have way too many notifications turned on. I have my calendar alerts turned on, my some of my to dos, you know, my credit card apps and stuff like that. But I don't have social media. I don't have I don't have any have any news apps on my phone actually. And so I think if you got to find out what works for you. And so I'm not going to say Michael, your way is wrong. It works for you. And I say if sure. it works for you, that's awesome. But some mm-hmm. people. Every app they have on their phone has a notification. And a lot of people, I tell them, I'm like, do you know you can like turn the sound off? So if your phone is face down and the sound's off for that notification, if you get a notification, you don't know you got a notification. The problem is, I don't think it's the notifications. I really think it's the sound because every app's got its own sound and it sound begins to sound like a music box. And you cannot focus when your phone is continuously making noise. Well, I mean, here's what I think, Mark. It's wherever you put your attention, right? That's what starts to, that's really what you create more of in your life. And so if you're spending a lot of time, you know, watching the news, well, that's what's going to be on your mind. If you spend more time on social media, everything in social media that you see there, that's what's going to be on your mind. If you spend more time, you know, studying books about investment and business and the economy or history, whatever, that's what's going to be on your mind. So for everyone, just get very clear about what do you want to create more of? What what do you want to have more of in your life? And then direct your your attention to that. Spend more time on it and spend less time on things that don't match what you want to create. 
Is personal development important to you? Massive. What do you do for personal development? Do you like courses, books, blogs? You know, what do you do? Uh, so it's been different at different stages of, uh, you know, of my own development. Uh, you know, so starting off and kind of years ago, I would uh, do a lot more in terms of, uh, of courses. Uh, books have been a big part for, for me always and continue to be to this day, uh, but a lot more kind of courses and, you know, in, information uh, as kind of things progressed um, and kind of even to where they are today. Uh, there's two big things that that I'm, I guess, actually three big things. The first is books, so reading a lot. Um, the second is uh, working with my, you know, coaches and mentors, so making a, a significant investment into work with uh, with experts. Uh, and then the third is surrounding myself with others uh, who. So these are d- different groups that I'm part of, uh, of other entrepreneurs, other investors, uh, other people that are, um, you know, doing great things, making a, a great impact uh, that I can learn from. And so always try and kind of surround myself with people who are smarter than I am. I love what you just said because when I'm I'm a student of successful people, I've been studying high performers for a number of years now, and they are really big readers. They're big in mastermind. They're big of always improving. Okay. I want to be better today than it was yesterday. And I want to learn stuff today. So tomorrow I'm better. I am today. I see a lot of people, especially during the stay in home orders. They were just binge watching Netflix for hours upon hours every day. And then until like five o'clock, then they watch the news for five hours. And I'm like, you've been saying you had no time all these years. Now you have time and now you decide to binge watch all these shows on netflix and i just scratched my head i'm like how serious are you about taking where you are to the next level and apparently the answer is not that much because i don't care what you say i care about what you do yeah and i totally uh, get that and you know, i think the the challenge is that with what's been going on in the last several months for for some people uh, there's just so much uh, uncertainty and uh, it's almost paralyzed people with with fear of the unknown uh, and kind of every, you know all the chaos and so from one side you know I'm I'm empathetic to uh, to that mindset of just not really knowing what to do it's like you know deer kind of stuck in the headlights mm-hmm. but at the same time I know that for those that truly want to make a difference and truly want to accomplish more in their lives the sooner they start planting those seeds. Uh, the sooner they're going to start reaping the benefits uh, of those rewards. And I hope it's not too uh, kind of self-promotional, but I'll just put it out there as, an, as a quick example. In in the height of this, um, I decided I wanted to write a book and it's called Act Now. Um, it's, it's on Amazon and so forth and, and audiobook and all that, but you can also get a free copy at, uh, on, on our website or if you go to consultingsuccess.com forward slash act now. And, and the, the idea behind the book was you know, what do most, what do successful people do during times of chaos and uncertainty? And so I interviewed six thought leaders in the space. And what's really interesting, Mark, is that everyone said essentially the same thing, the same best practices with slightly different, you know, twists and variations. Uh, but it was, it's all about, you know, when you look at those that are successful, they're not just doing what you mentioned, which is just sitting and watching television and, you know, waiting for life to pass them by. They're getting very clear about, you know, okay, what adjustments do I need to make in my life? I have to look at the current situation. And then what can I actually do to really move you know, the business forward or my career forward or, or whatever it is. And they start taking uh, specific and consistent actions. They're planting those seeds every single day. And, and that's really what uh, allows them to make greater progress. Uh, and so, you know, every day we all wake up and we get to make the same choice. It doesn't matter where we live and what our backgrounds are, but we make the same choice every single day. And that is, do we want to look through the lens of our lives you know, and, and filter with, uh, with a negative angle and take everything that we see and look for what's wrong with it? Or are we going to wake up and go, okay, 
you know, what's great about what's going on right now? How can I make things better? And, and then, you know, put that positive lens and see a positive filter. And consistently, those that are always looking at, doesn't matter if we're in chaos and uncertainty, you're looking for what is the opportunity? You know, what can I do to make things better? How can I help more people? How can I serve? How can I add more value? And those that have that mindset are the ones that are consistently able to, you know, capitalize in some ways sounds a bit like a negative word or exploit sounds like a negative word, but it's really about looking at how can I take what I have and make it better, not just for myself, but for the community, for those that I care about, for those that I want to serve. And the people that do that are the ones that make significantly more progress, see a lot more momentum in their lives and in their businesses, and ultimately achieve more success in whatever way that they define that success to be. And Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. So you don't have to figure it out on your own. All you got to do is go look at some successful people, whether it's Tony Robbins, Brendan Burchard, uh, Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, et cetera, et cetera. Go find out what they're doing. And I guarantee you, if you look at like Damon John from Shark Tank or Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, look what they're doing. If you want to be that kind of successful, you don't have to go and spend 20, 30, 40 years learning. Just shorten the learning curve and just follow people who are successful. There are so many successful people out there of you know men, women, black, white, green, orange, purple. You can pick someone that you resonate with, find out how they got to where they are, and just follow along on their path because if they did it, you can do it too. Yeah. And here's what they all did, right? They, they, they acted, they took yes. action. Um, yes, they, you know, they learned, but most of them learned on the job, meaning they learned as they went along. And I think this is a big, um, you know, kind of distinction and separation between those who struggle and those that succeed. Those that struggle, you know, will always try and kind of maybe collect some information and think about things, yes. but thinking does not create results. Action does. And so this is why you see so many people out there in the world who you might look at like their education or where they came from and go, well, how are they, you know, how are they so successful? How do they get so much done? Well, you, and then you compare them to someone who has all these accolades and, you know, educational cert- certifications and degrees and so on and so forth. And they haven't really made much progress. And it's because the first person, even though they don't have, you know, necessarily kind of like that, um, that educational background, what they have is that they took action. And the, yes. the more action they've taken, the more they've actually learned because they're getting feedback from the marketplace about what works, what doesn't work. They make adjustments, they course correct, and they keep moving forward. Yeah, that's so important. And I love their title. Your book is Take Action. You, it's all about the action. You could go to college and get all the degrees, but like I, I used this example before, if you want to learn how to swim, okay, you can watch the YouTube videos. You can watch people swimming at the pool. You can even go buy a nice bathing suit and a nice towel. But at some point, you have to jump in the pool. You have to take action. So I love the title of your book. So as we wrap up this episode and this great conversation with you, Michael, where can we find out more about you online? Uh, sure. So yeah, the title of the book is Act Now. Oh, sorry about um, that. No, no problem. Just so that people don't go looking for it if, if anyone is interested. Uh, and again, it's it's free. So um, you can you're welcome to get a Kindle or paperback or audio book if you want through Amazon. But we are giving uh, away a free copy, digital copy of the book to everyone. We do this as a way to to help and to provide some guidance and support to to the consultants and, and all, all everyone's kind of going through this. We just find collectively as a community, it's it's good to go through this together. So you can get that by going to Consulting Success dot com forward slash act now. Uh, and if you want more resources on the consulting business and how to transition from being an employee to becoming a consultant or just growing your existing consulting business, uh, we have thousands of articles and podcasts and lots of resources uh, just over at consultingsuccess.com. Excellent. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate all the value you shared with us. It was a thrill having you on the show and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Hey, Mark, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. 
And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com, and get the copy, your personal copy of my top five productivity tips. It's right there on the homepage of mrproductivity.com. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. This way, more people will find it and I can help more people. And if you've already done that, if you would tell two or three of your friends about the podcast, that would mean the world to me. And I mean the world. Until we meet again, my friend, you know what to do. Go be productive.